You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. Hola, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that sounded so corny. (laughs) No, I'm laughing because in my head I said three things, (laughs) but I didn't say nothing in real life. So it was like. What is going on with you? Um, Y'all already know what episode, what kind of episode head, this is about to be. I said, buenos dias. I said, good morning. I said, hope you're doing good today, guys. And then I didn't really say it in real life because I don't know what was happening, but it was a <laughs> it was a lack of flow at the time. But I hope you're having a great day. Um, yeah, I hope you're ready for this episode, too. I'm excited about it. Are you having a good day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm having a real good day. <laughs> Okay. I'm just, okay. Yeah, it's just I'm just thinking too hard right now. It's like I'm trying to filter too much, which might be. Oh, sounds perfectly no, timely. No, no, no. Oh, synchronistic even. <laughs> synchronistic even. I didn't do that on purpose, but it's a whole lot of things in my brain, and so it's like trying to filter out. Like, all right, you're podcasting right now, so focus on the words in front of you. Yeah, it's like those little maze things that you see that like filter out all the stuff as they come down. In my head, that's the sound effect for it. Um, so. Speaking of thinking too much and doing too much, today's topic is uh, inspired by a book that I have been reading recently called Essentialism by George McEwen. McEwen? M-C-K-E-O-W-N. McEwen? I don't know. There's no E on the end, so definitely not that. Anyways. (laughs) McEwen. You're messing that man name up. I made him Italian. Damn. Straight from Ireland, talking about Mickey He's like, bro, it's McEwen or whatever right. it is. Like, Irish chill. name for sure. Oh man, I just messed him up. <laughs> uh, but, put that in the notes if we remember. I will. I'll put the correct way to spell it. Um, it's a book that I've had on my shelf forever, but I picked it up, and it's perfect time because it is essentially. <laughs> it is essentially. <laughs> The deliberate practice of saying... Damn, Carl, you got to stop being drunk on these episodes. <laughs> That's the sad part is I'm not drunk. If I was, it would make sense. <laughs> it probably would. <laughs> that is funny. This is me sober. Um. So anyways, essentialism is the deliberate practice of saying no and focusing only on what is truly important to you. And... I think a lot of people probably are like, oh, yeah, usually you just focus on what's important to me. Um, But then if I asked you, you know, what are your top priorities, you would probably give me a laundry list of things. And looking at the etymology of the word priority, it actually didn't even have a plural form. So priorities wasn't even a word until around the 1900s. So this word that was supposed to mean to like focus on one thing, which came about around the 1400s, didn't even have a plural, meaning that you're really only supposed to be focusing on one thing until around the 1900s, inspired by the Industrial Revolution, in which they, you know, they being the U.S. government, were trying to train people to work in factories, changing the way our sleeping patterns are, changing the way school, you know, school trains us to, you know, work these longer days and do these different things. They've kind of shifted us in our focus from a priority to multiple priorities. Mm -hmm. Because you have to get all those things done. Like, I guess the culture shifted where you had to think about work, you had to think about home life, family, you had to think about academics and all of these different things. So now it's like, how can we make sure that they make this something that's important to them instead of like not caring about work as much and just doing whatever they want, I'm assuming. I think that's really interesting. I never thought about that. But does that mean that 
your priority should really almost be like more of a, like a, maybe it doesn't have to be broad, but like a broader mission statement. Like what's the priority in your life? Um, is it, what did he talk about that word in the book? Um, well, they just, they just emphasize how now when you say priorities, you say all of these things mm-hmm. and that can't be true because everything if everything can. is a priority, then nothing is a priority mm-hmm, essentially. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you can't have both. And so that was the comparison that he gave and like the reason for that word and like looking at the word priority. And I love etymology. So mm-hmm. I thought it was cool to like, think about how that's changed over time. I know a lot to get people to focus on different things and be able to compartmentalize their lives. Um, but also I think that took a shift, you know, before when people were just trying to survive out here before we had electricity and before we had different things to mm-hmm. like now you can theoretically juggle all of these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out to Kyle because I was just having a discussion with him a couple of days ago and we were talking about, you know, work life these days and um, how with his job, he was saying like, you know, he takes on so, so much and he's scared that he's going to miss something. We were talking about taking a day off. And he was like, well, I don't know, man. I kind of, it seems weird after a while if I don't look at my phone or my computer because there's so many things going on. And, you know, if I'm just not looking for a minute, I feel like I might miss something. But then when he really talked about all the projects he had going on, it was like, oh, yeah, I think, you know, we're doing way more work than, like, we're actually capable of doing, like, as human beings. Like, now, um, I think we take on way too much, even with just your job. And now to think you have that and you have your relationship or you come home and cook dinner and, your dog. you know, yeah, your family and your friends and just all these other things. It's like, man, that is a whole lot. And, you know, is that an essential life? I guess maybe if, if that same work is essential, I don't know. But um, it's, it's definitely interesting to note that we live in interesting times to where we have so much to take care of. And our jobs are all fast-paced environments. Like, it's very rare that you, you know, really just get to kind of chill and not think about work, depending on the type of job you have. Yeah, and even no matter what type of job you have, job you have, I think there's a lot of guilt around rest and around taking time off and around not getting everything done and not being able to do everything. And like you mentioned with Kyle, like, it's very real sometimes that there's just not enough hours in the day to do all of these things that we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why the concept of essentialism is so great for me um, for a number of reasons. But one is just helping me like get back down to making the main thing, the main thing and recentering my focus on what my priorities are. So if I asked you like, what are your priorities? What are, what are your priorities in life? Um, The way I think to answer that was I, I thought about like, what are the things that I really make sure I get done for the most part, regardless. And so the priorities I put down were sleep because I can have a zillion things and not like I'm out of here. I'm going to bed. Um, food because I've never missed a meal. <laughs> I don't care what's going on. And then I said, I actually put the podcast because I was like, dang, you know what? I was when I was talking to somebody the other day because um, I was out on a Sunday and I was like, oh, I got to get home and do the editing. <laughs> and they were like, they're like, dang, you you, you got to do all this stuff. I was like, no, she be doing stuff. But I got to do the first part. And then the fact that I was like, man, like if I didn't have a partner on the podcast, I would not be having one every week, like at all. And for some reason that this does get prioritized, I think because of the accountability. Um, so I would say that because sometimes I will do that, you know, and make sure that's done the Sunday night instead of like work stuff or whatever. And then I put relationship um, just because I do filter like what I'm going to do through that lens sometimes of like, oh, we have these plans or I want to make plans or whatever and also work. So to your point earlier, that was a lot of things. But 
what I thought was maybe significant was I noticed things I didn't prioritize, which was health. <laughs> I did not prioritize health. And there's a lot of things where I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Um, stuff like taking care of my vehicle and like stuff like, which maybe that shouldn't be anybody's super, super top priority. But it was interesting to me. I thought about a lot of adult things. And I'm like, yeah, it's not really priority. Um, but it, maybe it should be or could be. Yeah. Friendship, I ain't put on there. Family, like even like family, I didn't put on there because I'm like, yeah, I be trying, getting on myself. I'm like, man, I probably should call my parents. It's been like weeks, but I don't know. That's just how we are. Group chat be popping though, but, <laughs> but but like I don't like if I was being real with myself, like I don't prioritize those things. So yeah, that I mean, but that's real, right? It's not what are your ideal priorities. Is no what is really you, you like actually prioritizing in your life. Man, the podcast is definitely on mine. Shout out to 100 and what is this, 32, 33 mm-hmm. weeks. Shout out to us. Um, I think the accountability helps. And I know like you're going to get your part done. I'm going to get my part done. And sometimes it's a struggle for both of us. Or sometimes one of us does everything. Like if the other person is traveling or just not in it that week, whatever it is. Um, but that's the only reason why y'all are able to have the vouch for this long. Because both mm-hmm. of us. So shout out to that. I would say loved ones, like friends and relationships. That's important to me. So the people that I care about. I really make sure to like that we spend time together, that I see them, mm. talk up to them, check in on them. Um, health is a big thing for me, but it's a selfish thing. Like, don't think like, oh, she's no, it's very, very selfish because it helps me regulate my stress and anxiety, and I feel better in my body when I work out. I me just, too. I still don't prioritize it though, really. I have to because otherwise, I'm not like, I don't know, otherwise, I'm not as. Um, Yeah, I don't feel like myself if I don't work out. So I kind of have to to feel like myself. Food is definitely a priority. And then helping people, I would say, like in my work or in whatever cause, like volunteering, doing different things like that's probably Mm -hmm. what I would say priorities. So what I saw was interesting is that your first things is prioritizing other people. And my first ones are definitely like me (laughs) on my Mm. list. So um, I think that's interesting, too. And, you know, we all have different personality types where that might give us life a little bit more, like those things in your relationships. And I, not that that doesn't give me life, but that doesn't give me life, so. And that's okay, but it, it doesn't have to, and there's no wrong. But that's why I work out. So, like, that's me prioritizing myself. Like, I sleep, I mm-hmm. make sure I eat well, I exercise, I do all of those things that I need. Um, and then, so when, when Carly was telling me about the book and saying she wanted to talk about this topic, she said essentialism. The first thing I asked her was like, well, what does essentialism mean? Because to me... You know, I'm thinking about the obvious word, like that you focus on what's important. And then I was like, well, what's the difference between that and minimalism? Because to me, that sounds kind of the same. Did we have an episode on minimalism? We haven't. We should do one. I think maybe we just mentioned, it was something we were talking about where I think we we mentioned like scaling back and like just focusing on what's important. Yeah, we were talking about clearing space. We were talking about clearing space. Yeah, so this is kind of similar to that one. But, you know, that's what I was asking is like, what's actually the difference between essentialism and minimalism? So can we talk about that a second? Yeah, and so because I didn't know the answer and we went to our favorite place, Google, and it's Mm -hmm. like, what's the difference between minimalism and essentialism? And it's actually a form, essentialism is actually a form of minimalism And it's focusing on the quality of the things in your life. So it's, yes, cutting down and being minimal, but it's focusing on the quality of those things that you have, that you choose to keep and that you choose to focus on. So figuring out what's the most important or your Mm -hmm. priority is Mm -hmm. and getting them done in the most effective and the best way. Yeah, in the best way. So it's like Mm -hmm. less, like less, but better. As determined by what? Or are we about to talk about that? Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. And so um, 
wanted to compare an essentialist and a non-essentialist because the book does a really great job of putting those next to each other and juxtaposing the thoughts or like how a non-essentialist would think about something versus an essentialist, how they would act in a certain situation versus not act or not act like just looking at it. And so um, we did a little side by side. So we're going to go through it so you can see which one you most identify with. So before we do this quiz, and I would say maybe um, in your head or on your notes, if you're not driving, put like essentialist and non-essentialist so you can try to tally and see where you are. But what do you think you are... Essentialist or non-essentialist? Um, I would say it's gotta I, be a, a some kind of scale, right? It's I about to say yeah, it's probably a scale. Um, I would say in my mm, in my thoughts, I'm more of an essentialist than in my actions. I think that me, that's I was what gonna I say, say the same thing because when I think about, it, I'm like, uh, I get, I get it, and I want to act like I focus on the things. But even like thinking about like my planners and all of them, I notice. Most planners, um, like performance type planners, always kind of get you to nail down like what's the most important thing to do today or like what's your top three priority type thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like I'll do that sometimes and still be like, well, let me do everything else though. (laughs) Like it's weird. (laughs) But it's like I get it, but I don't be doing it. So I don't know what to say either. Um, Maybe we have to go with what our actions say. Say we messing up. Yeah, so we'll say we want to be essentialists, mm. but our actions are showing that we're quite. But the I'm a um, I'm a tally it up from this quiz. So, all right, essentialist. How do, how do we make this a quiz though? We'll, we'll let you start. I'm it about out. Say it's not like a direct quiz, but um, I think I we can read like comparison. Like Lexi will read the essentialist like thoughts okay. and what they actually do, and I'll read the non-essentialist. And you can just think about or little tally in your head, like oh, I identify more with that. Nah, that's not me, or whatever you know okay. your thoughts are for it. Okay, so the essentialist is. All things. Oh, no, that's those. not right. Yep, I, I messed it up. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Wait, is the whole thing? Hold on. Back and forth. Yep. Oh yep. dang. Dang. I was about to mess that up. Hold yeah, on. I was like, Mm-mm, I don't know. Oh, it's not gonna let me. Okay, so just, we know though. Yep. Okay, okay, so I'll 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 still be the essentialist. Yep. Okay, so the essentialist thought process is less but better, and the non-essentialist tries to be all things to all people. Real talk. That's probably I would. I would say I'm on that side so far. So I'm going to keep my mm-hmm. fingers up. Okay. The essentialist <clears throat> thinks like I choose to. And then the non-essentialist is I have to. Damn, you got me on that again. All right. Only a few things matter. Everything is important. Dang, all right. Uh, what are the trade-offs? How can I fit everything in? Damn. <laughs> Y'all ah. getting me. Okay. Um, the essentialist knows that play is important to spark imagination and creativity. A, the non-essentialist thinks that play is a waste of time. Yeah, I don't agree with that one. Okay. Um, essentialism is the disciplined pursuit of less. And the, and non-essentialism is the undisciplined pursuit of more. Yeah, because I'm always thinking about more of something. (laughs) Okay. The essentialist does these things. The essentialist pauses to see what really matters. The non-essentialist reacts to things as they arise and is constantly putting out fires. I'm like both on that one. Um, the essentialist says no to everything that isn't essential. Oh, the non-essentialist says yes without thinking. Yeah. The essentialist removes obstacles to make execution easy. The non-essentialist tries to force execution at the last minute. Yep. Damn. <laughs> the essentialist says yes to only nines and tens. 
So if you're thinking only about a scale, nines and dimes. Hey, so if you're thinking about a scale of like how important things are, they're only going to say yes to things that are nine and above, like eight, nine and above, nothing below that. Um, the non-essentialist sacrifices sleep and rest to try to get everything done. The essentialist takes rest. The non-essentialist lets life and others dictate their time and energy, importance, and usage. And the essentialist creates space to explore life. Dang. Well, that didn't go the way I thought it was. <laughs> non-essentialist in a mug. Um, hmm. Yeah, but it's interesting because I know in most places the essentialist is better. And yet, it really... Like when you really, again, going back to my, my planner, right? And it says, put the three things down. When you really have this list of only like two or three things to focus on, for some reason, like, it's so hard to like just do those things and block email uh, or people talking to you. Or, But I do recognize when I am in the zone of my work and like if I have a clean list and I like really just do one thing and go to the next, like it is much better and done more effectively. And I think it's interesting because it's like you can know something, but that doesn't actually change your mm-hmm. propensity to do it or your actions or anything. But like you can know something thoroughly like Mary Kay Ash, Warren Buffett, all these mm-hmm. people have these stories about how, you know, focus on your top three things. Dr. Martini is like, if you don't start your day with inspired action, you'll get your day will be mm-hmm. taken away mm-hmm. by uninspired distractions. Like, you know, these things and yet we still kind of find ourselves doing it. I was actually um, a little bit more balanced. Mine was like seven, five. Uh, so no, mine was way more essentialist, but on the non no, way, maybe more non-essentialist. But from the essentialist side, the taking time to play, taking time and resting, <clears throat> I think those are the major things I really do. Some of them I try to do and kind of do, but maybe not as much. But for the most part, when you read the non-essentialist stuff. It's like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Like, I'm reacting for sure. Like, I know I do pause to see what really matters for the day, but then I still can spend the day reacting. Yeah. Or like, I'll say, you know, when you're on the call, I'm like, yeah, I could get that done. And it's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Um, We be putting ourselves in trouble. But what it looks like, though, is that it looks like discipline. Because what I like Mm -hmm. about this list is that these essentialist things over here, I could literally focus in on those things and be like, like I'm not doing anything outside of X today or I'm gonna I can say no to everything besides, you know, this or that today or what's the nines and tens? I'm just doing that. Like you can really do that and your day will be just fine, but it's just a thing that we don't do. Like you don't practice it until it's like we do it on purpose where it's like I went on vacation, it's like, oh I'm not gonna check anything. Or like I was talking about in the other episode where it's like I gave uh, the client work over, like, okay, let the team just take care of it. I don't even need to be in the meetings anymore. And it's like, oh, everything's going fine. But you just have to do it. So I think it's just a discipline thing um, and a practice. Mm-hmm. And does that, like, looking at the thoughts and the actions, do they differ, like, in any different areas of your life? Like, do you find yourself being an essentialist more in certain areas or not? Mm. Mm. Because I think it's kind of similar. I would say that mine for like relationships and like friendships, like I would, I would argue that I'm probably much more of an essentialist than I am with work or other things. Are you really though? Because because then what I think about too is things like, all right, if in my relationships when I get a text message, like yeah, I'm gonna just you know I'm gonna probably just respond or yeah, that's true. And, and maybe like not necessarily in like a negative way, but I don't think. 
it, it may not be as deep as with work because there's so many more task type things. Mm-hmm. But like, it's still, I don't know, as things come up, you're just like dealing with them. Yeah. I don't think about it a little bit more, but I think I'm probably like the same approach around a lot of those things. I mean, yeah, I'm probably the same approach for a lot of them. So why is it important to be an essentialist? Like now that we've kind of looked at the thought process of someone who is an essentialist versus a non-essentialist, we kind of looked at their actions like, what do you stand to lose if you're not an essentialist? Well, now that we've done that quiz and I can tell you like things that if I was more of an essentialist, my tongue is so heavy today. I don't even know why. I'm not going to lie to you. My lips feel like a little numb. I ain't do nothing, y'all. I promise. But it's... (laughs) It's a struggle for me to open my mouth right now. <clears throat> so this week, <laughs> this week, um, you know, when I think about being pulled from task to task, like when I, I just got to Carly's house to record today. Oh, sorry, not Carly's house. But at this location <laughs> with Carly, <laughs> I pulled up to podcast and we didn't start for an hour and a half because I was like doing like t- literally like seven other things. I was like, task switching crazy like on my phone computer real quick like oh let me just do this real quick while I was doing something I thought of two other things and I tried to do those and so like being pulled around like that um I think it just keeps you spinning too hard mm-hmm. um because I wouldn't necessarily like oh it's that's a terrible thing all the time but if that's happening all the time which it does for me then yeah I'd rather feel more uh just like centered on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And I think that the issue is that whenever you constantly are swayed, you know, by all of these things and putting out fires, you tend to let other people decide how your time is being used and kind mm-hmm. of like what's going on with your day. Like other people's um, emergencies become yours and they start pushing stuff onto your schedule and then your stuff just starts getting mm-hmm. like blown up. Basically mm-hmm. your spot getting blown up because everybody else's stuff is all over the place. Yeah. Like when, for all the people who always say stuff like don't check your email in the morning and all that, it's because now you're like getting on other people's time when you're looking at the messages to you um, that are asking to do something or think about something or whatever. Um, so that's how that kind of connects. Another thing I would say is there's less sense of purpose in your work and relationships if you're not an essentialist because it doesn't, it's hard to feel like you're focused in on a thing or on a purpose or on a priority. And so you're just kind of like always going with the flow. Mm-hmm. And then anything and everything can seem urgent. So you're always like in this high adrenaline, like high stress mode, like ready to like solve problems and do things. And so everything just seems like it's important, which means essentially nothing is important. Um, for a jack of all trades, master of none, there's, there's more to that saying. But for the sake of what we're talking about now, I think... If you're not an essentialist, it, you lose the ability to really hone in on your skill, your craft, your practice, um, really getting better at a thing, really owning a thing. And it's like when you're trying to do everything or trying to do too much or uh, if you have too much on your plate that you can't focus in where you could like really, really level up, um, you kind of lose out on that ability to be really, really great in a space. Mm-hmm. And when you think about a lot of the greats and a lot of the the folks that um, are looked up to for being really good in their area and their work and their skill, it's because that's like all they focus on. Like that's the reason why people are in routine and where they just put on the same shirt every day because it's, um, or, or go to the gym the same time every day and do all these other things because they really just focus in where they're best. And that goes with the uh, doing less and doing it better. And that can make you stand apart more than just trying to do everything. Exactly. And you lose that depth of, 
like anything. So if it's mastering a craft, if it's a relationship, if it's, you know, this one thing at your job, if you're saying yes to all these pro- these um, projects, it makes me think about Damo and how he went from being a DP to a cinematographer. Mm-hmm. And like if he was saying yes to all these other things just because they were good opportunities mm-hmm. or whatever, he would never have been able to do that. Yeah, he made a straight up cutoff date where he was like, yeah, after this day, I'm not taking no more of, of these type of jobs. It's like, <laughs> all right. But I think that that's great. And so he was able to hone in on that depth. Um, And then lastly, I think it's where focus goes, energy flows. And it's like, what are you actually focusing your time and investing your time and your energy and your heart into? And because if not, you're going to end up in a life like that other people decide for you, or you're going to end up looking, you know, at things every day that you don't really care about. And then there's a few things that keep us from being essentialist, though, because uh, this is a somewhat new term or new ideas, or maybe I should say like recycled, because I feel mm. like it's kind of more new to Western society and our ideals, yeah. whereas in Eastern culture and other places, it's it makes more sense to just be focused in, and it makes more sense not to try to cram your day full of stuff. Um, but a lot of that, I would say, back to what you said in the intro about the word priority and how that changed over time with industrialization um, would come to culture and our culture of being busy and our culture of getting things done and being hustlers and, you know, we got to be a boss and all these things. I think that's a big part of what can keep people in this space of not being essentialist. Absolutely. And then I also think about very much like traumas and codependency like if you've always been the person to take care of your parents or to take care of all your brothers and sisters and to solve this you come on the cycle of trying to save everybody else and take care of everybody else and putting yourself on the back burner so essentially like everybody's fires are yours because at one time you had to take care of those things and at a certain time um, hopefully we're able to step away from that survival mentality and like step into a thriving space and so I think that's an elevation from that mindset that you do have to save everybody and do everything. And your ego can also be something that keeps you from being an essentialist because um, you want to be that person who's like getting everything done or you want to appear a certain way to folks and, you know, whatever, um, uh, going back to that episode about your identity, like whatever's important to you, like you want to be seen as, um, you know, you may be doing a lot in that space because you care about how you appear um, Mm -hmm. and you're not really focused on like what's essential for you to really get done. And then going back to this hustle culture, also these like superficial versions of success. Like if you haven't defined what success looks like for you, then you will definitely spend your time trying to live up to other people's versions of success, which will keep you lost in the sauce. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. So we've been spending this whole time, you know, talking about what it means now to be an essentialist and why it's important. But, you know, going back to the idea of discipline and like, oh, you just got to do it. Like, how can we really incorporate some things? How can we really like trim the fat? Like, what do you start doing um, to be more of an essentialist if you want to do deeper, better work or better focus on whatever the thing is? I think you can start with asking yourself questions. Um, they had a couple of quotes, and I won't read them all, but I'll read some highlights before I go into the questions because I think it's important. But only once you give yourself the permission to stop trying to do it all, to stop saying yes to everyone, can you make your highest contribution towards the things that really matter? And I'll put in parentheses for that by me, for you. Like not to anybody else, but just for yourself. And then they clarify that essentialism is not about how to get more things done, It's about how to get the right things done. And it doesn't mean just doing less for the sake of doing less either. It is about making the wisest possible investment of your time and energy in order to operate at our highest point of contribution. 
by only doing what is essential. And I think that that's the difference between essentialism and minimalism is like really boiling down to how can you operate at your highest self and only in what's essential to you. Mm. Okay. So here's some questions to ask yourself. Three questions. What do I feel deeply passionate about or inspired by? That can always be a kind of a cue as to where you can focus in. What am I particularly talented at? And what meets a significant need in the world? This to me sounds like um, for folks who it's hard to think about themselves and like what they like to also think about what other people would say about those things. Mm -hmm. What do other people ask you about? What do they think your expertise is? It usually is a reflection on what you actually show. Absolutely. And then if you add uh, what can you be paid for also into that, then those are the four questions of the ikigi. Did I say? Ikigai. Ikigai. Damn. I looked it up and everything. The ikigai, um, which is Japanese for your life's purpose. So those are like the four questions. There's like four little circles in this Venn diagram um, to look at those things. Another question is, if you could do only one thing with your life right now, what would you do? That's so hard just to even answer too, because, and maybe it's because we're not essentialists anymore, like socially, because anytime somebody says something like that or asks that, it's like, okay, like I'm chilling, I guess. I don't. Like, it's, it's hard to answer that. What one thing would you do? It's like, I don't know. I don't know. And then I get anxiety like, man, but I don't just want to do one thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, what does that look like? And then thinking about what you're doing right now. And is this the very most important thing I should be doing with my time and resources right now? Now, that's the question for you. Because that would be like, nah, but <laughs> I'm going to get this done first. <laughs> yeah. It's really, um. oh, well, let me finish the questions. The next one, because this goes with it. What's important now? So after a moment of reflection, realizing that until you know what's important right now, what what was important right now was to figure out what was important right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Um, and, and so that is important, is that am I focused on the most important thing mm-hmm. and what is that thing? Um, at the top of your day, like that's a hard question to answer sometimes, especially if you have a lot of tasks, different clients, different uh, responsibilities, family, all these things. Um, It's like, man, what is the most important thing to get done? Especially when you have these complex type tasks that you have to break down into other things anyway. Um, And so something to chip at. It's harder to usually attack those things because you don't have a clear vision of like what each little step is. Um, But I think that's part of it is like, all right, if I'm going to focus in on a task or on a thing, making sure that that's like the first thing you attack at the top of your day or whenever is like your your brain time, because that's different for everybody. And as always, it's starting with yourself, asking yourself those questions. And then once you hone in um, a little bit, um, you can look at, uh, I was reading some more articles and stuff about the book, and there were four E's to help you start practicing essentialism in your life. So asking questions is one, and it goes right along with the first step, which is exploring. So considering a broad set of options, um, and in the book, it talks about how essentialists actually look at more options than non-essentialists because they want to make sure they're making the right decisions. So they're not just taking the things that are readily available to them. They're doing research. They're looking at different things to hone in and figure out what is actually the most important. But options of what? Like what to focus on? Or like once you have a thing, like let me explore the options, how to attack that thing or what? I mean, I think both. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to figure out what it, what the main thing is or what mm-hmm. is the most important, you might look at a whole array of options and spend time. But then once you focus in on that, like what pieces? Um, is that kind of similar to the idea of, and, and something I experience often is when uh, when you have something that's so important now, whether you wait to the last minute, which is usually what it might be, 
and or it's like, oh man, like I have to figure this out because of whatever's going on. It's like all of a sudden it's like you just like all these ideas and like all this, you know, it's like all of a sudden it's important enough that you're really like thinking like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And like everything starts coming together. You get like interesting ideas or whatever. Um, is that relevant to that maybe? Um, I think so. I think that that might give you a sense of like kind of what's important or kind of somewhere where you could look. But also focusing and noticing that sometimes that might happen with things that aren't the main thing and can kind of just let that go. That's true too. But usually like by the time I get in a state of emergency, it's like that's the last minute or like that's what I have to do right now. And I think that that is probably one of the biggest benefits of essentialism is it gets you out of that state of emergency so you don't have to operate from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing is not saying yes just because someone asks you. So in this explore category, um, you know, say it's okay to say no. Like, and you don't have to have a reason either. If somebody asks, hey, do you want to do something? Or, hey, do you have XYZ that I can use or something? Like, whatever it is, just practice saying no sometimes um, so that you can focus on what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And if it's hard for you to, because it is scientifically proven that it's hard for humans to say no. That's why a lot of sales tactics like ask you to do things in the mm-hmm. way that they do, or salespeople approach you in the way that they do, or those people who stand outside on the sidewalk and try to get you to assign things. Um, <laughs> but you could say, you know, if it's a friend asking you, hey, you help me with this project. Like, actually, let me look at my calendar. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Like, give yourself 24 mm. hours to think about it because it's a lot easier to say, ah, I looked at my calendar, I'm busy. Or actually, like, I thought about, like, will this activity or effort make the highest possible contribution towards my goal? And if it does, you can say yes. Mm-hmm. The other E is evaluate. And this includes things like the following. Knowing life is full of gray areas, especially for friends, fam, and causes that you care about. Mm-hmm. What do they mean by the gray areas? So it's not just a yes or no. You can't say, oh, my friends are my friends are important, so they're the main thing. It's like, no, there's a gray area. There's always going to be space for you to incorporate hobbies and things that you love because you mm-hmm. might like to play the cello, but that might not be your main thing. You can still do that. That's not what essentialism is saying. And so I think that that's a gray area. And mm-hmm. so for causes that you care about, like, let's say you love dolphins. Like, you might still find time to go to, mm-hmm. you know, and donate and go volunteer and do stuff. Like, I think that that's kind of what it's saying. It's not just a yes or a no. Like, it is important to yeah. narrow it down, but it's not that. And so just taking time to look at all of your commitments. And so what I would say um, is if you haven't or if you don't know off the top of your head, like, write down all of the commitments and things that you have on your plate right now and that you say yes to and that and like how much time it actually takes up so you can have a bird's eye view of your life and actually how you're spending your energy and like your thoughts and things. Yeah. And it does take courage to eliminate uh, obligations. Mm-hmm. Like so things you're used to doing, like taking them off your plate, as well as opportunities. Like sometimes somebody might ask you to speak at something or do something. And, you know, sometimes you need to say no to that um, when you're evaluating um, what's on your plate and what's important to you at the time. Yeah. And that's, that's tough. It's not just like mental discipline, like when you're thinking about it, but also emotional. Like if your friends really want you to come on this trip, but you know, like oh, I actually Jeez, need to finish this I'd course. Like, Fuck y'all. Man, that ain't hard out. for me. Yeah. <laughs> not you, but like. Reject social pressure. Yeah. Social pressure for whatever it is, even if it's like going out, you know, COVID safe, all of that, like whatever mm-hmm. the thing is, like it's, it can be hard. Yeah. Um, And then uh, in this evaluation phase two, a question that we need to ask ourselves is not how we can do it all, but who gets to choose what we do and will not do. So it needs to be you. You need to be the person who's choosing what you do. 
um, and not be pulled in different directions. And I think that's a good way to like reframe. Like when we said earlier in the quiz, like, are you a person who's like, oh, I have to do a thing versus what we said before, like getting to versus choosing to, that really gives Mm -hmm. you your power. So when you say like, I'm choosing to do this and I'm choosing not to do that, um, I think that's probably a a more powerful way to speak and think about your schedule and what you got to do. Absolutely. And anytime you find yourself, I think it's, um, I don't know if it's indicative language. I got to remember, I was listening to a podcast, but they were saying anytime it's like, should, ought to, have to, must. Mm -hmm. Like if you, any of those words, it's already something that you don't want to do or that you feel guilt or shame or whatever it is around that. And so it's just making sure that you're choosing how to direct your own time and energy. And anytime you're like, man, I really should do this. No one damn well, you don't want to do it. Just say no. Like, how, okay, have it you, feels better too when you do that. Oh like, my god! Instead of being like, man, I should keep going or whatever, and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good on this. I'm about to watch this movie. Like, and you just, you be straight. <laughs> you be good. You yeah, just have to straight. actually have the courage to make that decision. And I think that's mm-hmm. a little bit of emotional pressure too. Like, you don't want to let people down. You don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. But baby, you, you, you can't hurt your, your own laptop, feelings. Fake working anyway. Like, you ain't yeah. doing nothing. You ain't here. doing it right. And Get it's just like, here. nah, I'm good on this. <laughs> Yeah, that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing to do is eliminate, on, which I guess is the major piece of this, choosing mm-hmm. um, and focusing in on what you think is the most important and then eliminating the rest. So once you decide which activities and efforts you want to keep, essentialists will invest the time saved in creating a system and removing obstacles that make execution as easy as possible. So back to making our systems. I am about to say, yeah, I'm a big up Lexi on that one because she's been doing a great job of that Um with the vouch, but especially with our company, that's how she's been able to grow and do different things. So check out Capsoch if you haven't lately. Um, and then eliminate. So instead of thinking as like elimination and, and execution as something that has to be powered through, it's like creating a process and creating that system that makes the process of executing mm-hmm. like joyous and efficient, like something mm-hmm. you actually enjoy, like trying to do it in a way that, Makes it as seamless as possible. And that sounds kind of silly, but I think that it, there is something to that. And like the more you have a system, like there's freedom in the system. We did episode on that, right? Something like that. Or did like we that. just talk about well, it? We need to if we have So haven't. like there's there's total freedom. In the, oh, we talk about like with planning. But there's mm-hmm. freedom in systems because like once you say like, all right, I'm going to do this this way. It's just, again, it's about boundaries. Like uh, this is just like I said, it's discipline. This is really all boundaries with yourself also. Um, but when you're focused in and you're doing it this certain way, like you're actually just getting way more done. The more you get done, the better you feel about things. The more you get done, usually the better you, you do the things, which you feel better also. So it's kind of like getting out of that cycle of just like always feeling like, oh man, or too much to do, or oh, I, I don't want to do this. But like now it's like when you have a plan and you're attacking the plan, it really kind of spirals more in an upward way. And I love that you said setting boundaries for yourself. I think that often we think about that with other people and relationships and they have to do this and they can't do this. It's like, when's the last time you really sat down and said something for yourself? Yeah, this whole essentialism, like the more we're, <laughs> we're talking about it, this is, you know, boundaries you're setting on where you're going to focus your time because your fucking life. Like, this should be the whole point. And yet we really do spend our days kind of all over the place. Um, so yeah, man, I, it kind of makes you want to pick a week and like, just be like, I'm only doing exactly <laughs> some certain things, certain times um, and see if I stick to it or really, I, I probably don't have to wait and make it a bigger deal. I could probably do that with like just your weekly planning, just actually, because, yeah. and this kind of how I plan anyway, where I have a section of time for this section of time for that, but like to really have the boundaries to, and the discipline with yourself to keep that, um, is the key in like actually making it successful. 
And and I like that it's like, you know, eliminate, eliminate obstacles and distractions, unnecessary errands and like streamlining everything. It's like, so today I had to buy food, which took a lot of thoughts and I had to think about what I wanted to eat and I had to do this instead of just going grocery shopping this weekend and knowing what I was going to cook. Now I had to like sit here and figure it out and do all this and then I'm tired. So it comes back to the decision fatigue that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the last part, the last E is execute. So you explore... What is that second joint? Evaluate. Evaluate, eliminate, and then the last one is execute. Just do it. And so I yeah. guess that's probably our next steps on here. Yeah. Come up with a plan. Come up with some systems that you can try to put into place. Um, and after you've eliminated stuff, man, once you have what's left, it's like, all right, how can I focus on those things? Mm-hmm. And then I just wanted to share a couple of takeaways and thoughts from the book. Uh, just some like high level items. So about like doing less, but doing it better. And... Uh, there are trade-offs with everything. So it's not going to be greener pastures just because you decide to be all disciplined on this one side. Like there are trade-offs. Like you might have to sacrifice, you know, something that you like for something that you love. And sometimes that doesn't feel good. You might have to say no to some opportunities that are phenomenal, but that's what a trade-off is. And it's important to remember also that everything is noise. Like everything is noise. There's really only a few things that are essential. Um, So it's really key to like, Pin down to those things. And I'm emphasizing to make the highest contribution towards the things that really matter to you, you need to stop trying to do everything and saying yes to everybody. Yeah. And then the more options you have and give yourself, kind of like we talked about with wearing the same shirt every day, the more you end up feeling distracted from what could be your highest level of contribution. And also you can get decision fatigue. Um, and even that's something in marketing. Like we know that you only give people a couple of choices. Otherwise, they're going to sit and look at things all day and then be like, yeah, never mind. And I'm done. Like I do that too. Like <laughs> as soon it. as I walk into a store or back in the day, like especially a, a, the stores like Marshalls and Ross, oh TJ Maxx, things like that, when it's like stuff be everywhere and you like- I'm overwhelmed. Well, like I'm out. <laughs> like I'm not looking through the stuff. Um, but then you have those little shops in like West Hollywood um, and those brand shops where I'm also not shopping because it'd be like $200 a t-shirt. They don't say nothing, but they'll literally have a rack in there with like seven shirts on it. And it's like, oh, like hmm. this is all I get to choose from, but that's how you win. Um, for people who have a product-based business um, or even if you're service-based to have one, two, three process or like one, two, three, four products and that's it, like you're going to win much more than if you have a homepage of like, 30 things for people to buy. Um, So there's a lot of science to that and decision fatigue is real. And so in the same way you want to be an essentialist in your life, you can help others make more effective decisions by giving them less to pull from. Absolutely. And then just emphasizing, if you don't prioritize your life, the world will, and it'll be with nonsense and distraction. So make sure you're honing in and focusing on you and what's important to you. Um, so for this week, our question is kind of relevant to the episode and I, it comes with a little picture. So I want Carly to explain the picture first. So when you're thinking about like, what's your highest point of contribution? I've said that a few times, but it's like, what is that actually? And so the picture is a little Venn diagram. And if you're like, Carly, what are you talking about? It's the three circles where there's something true about each of them in the center. So, um, oh man, maybe I'll post the funny meme for the picture. Okay, mm-hmm. I I don't even remember the meme, but I was dying at it. But it's like um, the difference between it was like um, a bank, um, like a bank robber. Oh, put your hands up. Yeah, a bank robber. I was like, damn, it's accurate as hell. It is like a bank robber, a DJ, sense. and then somebody else. And it was like the similarities between mm-hmm. the three. And so the point. Give me of your money. Sentence, like, put, put your, your hands, hands up. up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, damn, that shit good. <laughs> that shit was funny. So I'm gonna try to find it for the episode. But um, for this one, your three circles are the right thing the right reason, and the right time. And Mm -hmm. so finding 
the point where all of those are true. So the right thing, the right reason at the right time, because not everything makes sense. And right now in your life, that is your highest point of contribution. And I don't expect you to be like, oh, I know exactly what that is in this moment. But I think that that's something to think of. Like, what's your highest point of contribution right now? Like, what is the right thing? You know, what is that reason? And is it the right time? Well, my if I'm doing it right, would be kind of work-related right now. Mm -hmm. And I would kind of say something around um, focusing on the systematization of um, and the essentialism essentialism of my company, which is what we've been kind of working on, like really tightening it to, okay, here's the exact process of how we do this service. Here's the exact, you know, couple services, exactly how we do it internally, exactly what the external pieces are, so that it's just like boom, boom, boom. Um, and really getting all like, uh, yeah, it's really just stripping all that extra stuff. And like, how do we just focus in on, on these three things? Mm-hmm. So kind of focusing on that whole project as in general, I would say. I like that. And I think that that's real. And right now for your business, like to scale and get to where you want to be, I think that that is mm-hmm. like huge. I would say for me, um, I need to finish, I'm doing... Uh, I'm working with schools currently and I have this curriculum, but I created a whole model for an online version. So that way I can just sell that to schools and to school districts. I need to finish that. It's the right time. It's the right reason. And it's the right thing. It's like the best way to scale my business right now that would allow me free time to do other things. And what it's really been doing is just been sitting here stressing me out because it's not done. Mm -hmm. So uh, another thing I would say for you with that in mind is that your highest point of contribution maybe you could say that it's it's creating content because like you as a personality is great with what you do and the things you're teaching, but now in creating content around that to give that to other people is your contribution. Mm. And you're doing it in a way that is systematized for you. Yeah, I like that. And I think that hones it down. So that is our question for you this week. What is your highest point of contribution? What's that thing? Is it the right time? Is it the right reason? Yeah, man, do less this week, but do it better. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Bye.